thank you, Lord, for your truth. Father, we pray right now that our hearts be open to receive your truth and to see the fruit in our lives. God, speak right now. Speak clear, clear to us that we might obey. Lord, I ask you to use me, Lord, as your vessel to preach your word that we might see Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 As we are celebrating Advent, the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to birth, uh, as we celebrate Christmas, I know many of you might still be tired from Black Friday and getting your Christmas holiday shopping done or taking advantage of those good old deals. Uh, but on this morning, we, we're not here to celebrate deals and sales and discount, but we want to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so in this time of Advent, I want to deal with why did Jesus come? And so first aspect, we to look at why did he come? Because we fail. <laughs> in Genesis, the third chapter, we have the story, the fall of man. Look closely there, how the text opens up. It's a, a, a beautiful story, how God gives to us to show us the fall of man. He, he makes it clear in retelling it through the author, saying the serpent was the shrewdest or the, the wisest or the deviant or cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord had made. I want to highlight here that it says here that God made the serpent. And so what I want to point out to us here is that the serpent was made, and, and here what I want to highlight is more importantly that some suggest that the serpent had legs and the legs went away. It says you already made the serpent. Y'all quiet on them. That's all right. But here right here it says the serpent was already made. It did not say it was a lizard. <laughs> it said it was the serpent that God has made. Also want to point out to us that the devil used the serpent. We find it clearly here when he says that unto you, going beyond the serpent that's been cursed, but beyond the serpent says unto you and your descendants, speaking of the devil. And so here I want to grab us in looking at this text of how we have fallen and why Jesus had to come. Here we see the serpent using deception to deceive the woman. It says here the woman was the one deceived, not saying that Adam did not have a place in it, but it shows that the serpent knew who to go to. Mm. The serpent in this context also, in, not to us, but in that context when they heard it, the serpent represents chaos. The serpent represents enmity against God. How is that? I'm glad you asked this question. Here in our times, we understand snakes because of our, our continuing growing of technology that we can look up and read more about things. But back then, all these other idol gods, they believe of the serpent of a snake that was of chaos that fought against Marduk or Baal. Also, in the mythology, it says that the serpent ate a plant that Marduk could have had so that he could have eternal life. So in these mythology that's already out there, that they heard, that they're aware of, they understand that the serpent always represents enmity or opposition against God. And so here you got a great task of good versus evil. So you see evil is represented here in the serpent. And here comes evil trying to corrupt what is good. Have you not seen that in your life when you have something that is good and it's special to you? 
that it seems the evil is right around the corner. How, how, how about this? Let, let me move out evil. How about this? How about you just lay the children down to sleep and they wake right back up? You see how, how it happens, right? Just when you have things the way you like it, right? Some kind of interruption will always find its way. Here it is. We see the enemy. God made the creation. Creation was good. It wasn't for good for man to be alone. He put man to sleep. He woke up. He saw, whoa, man. And, and here they are together. Now here comes the serpent. Saying, I, I want to mess this up. And I know what to do. Let me, let me go and see how much this woman knows. Is it true that you can't eat this tree? Y'all, y'all see how the serpent comes to him? Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Is it true? You see how the enemy always wants you to doubt God. Because if you doubt God, then he can bring other things into question. Uh, is it is it really true that God said that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You see how the serpent put it, right? Any tree. He's trying to see how much he know. He didn't point out the tree you're not you're not supposed to eat. He tried to be vague with it. Is it any tree? You know, any tree. And look, she 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 she's not falling for it. She she realized that hey hey hey. Of course we may eat. Fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Now, see, see, she tried to catch, he, he tried to catch her, but she caught him. Say, I, I, no, 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 I can't eat of all the trees now. I, I heard you say trees plural. Yeah, all the trees I can't eat, but one tree. I, I'm aware of the tree that's in the middle. I, I, I'm not supposed to eat it or touch it. So she got him there. Enemy tried to get her tripped up on the word. Says, is there any tree out there? Can you eat all the trees? She said, yeah, I can eat all of the trees except one. And so now, now the enemy is, okay, 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 she know that much. Let me, let me question her how much she knows about what she thinks she knows. You won't die. Y'all see that, right? The certain reply to the woman. That, that's not going to happen to you. Now, now listen closely here. What does he say to him? You must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. He's going to say, well, okay, all right. He didn't say not to touch, not to eat. He says, you won't die. Y'all see that, right? He didn't focus on don't touch, don't eat. He wants to do that. So why draw attention to that? Mm. Let me draw to something you have not experienced at death. Uh, you won't die. God knows that your eyes will be open and, and as soon as you eat it, you will be like God. Oh, ooh, the temptation of man to be like God. Here it is now. The enemy, evil, symbolizing the serpent. You're being used by Satan is now showing us how we come against God by trying to be like God. Look how he gets her. Now, he didn't tell her that it looked good and it was good to eat. He just tell him out like, oh, you'll be like God. You'll be like the creator if you get this fruit. 
how oftentimes in our lives we have to catch ourselves that sometimes we do things because we want to be better and, and we want to better ourselves. There's nothing wrong with that, but we need to check ourselves and find out that there's sometimes there's some things we should just let alone. Here it is that she wants to find out more information about what the enemy is telling her that you won't die. And, and plus, if you do eat of it, you'll be like God. Well, that's some good information here. Now, look here how the serpent comes after the woman. It's kind of similar how the enemy also came after Jesus in the wilderness. He comes after him the same way, telling him that I can make you like God. And you can have all these things, and they will bow down before you. See, the enemy goes after our pride and our ego. Because the enemy himself, that, that in Isaiah we find out that he says that he tried to put himself above God. And God cast him down. When we try to usurp ourselves, we try to put ourselves above who we are, is when we set ourselves up to fall. Just think about how... How, how you always want somebody holding the bottom of the ladder when you get on high heights. I said high heights. When you go on low high, you don't care because you know the fall's not that far. Uh, but when you get up high, you're getting up on the roof about to hang up those Christmas lights. You want somebody at the bottom of that ladder just in case to keep it started because you know the higher you go up, the further you're going to fall. And the further you're going to fall, the more things you might break. You can you can scrape an elbow falling off a stepladder. You can break an elbow falling off the roof. And so here it is that she's trying to push herself up. The greater the fall is going to come. The enemy's playing upon her. He'd seduced her. He deceived her. The woman now is looking at this fruit and saying, you know what? This does look good. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give you. I noticed that, right? Not only now her senses are awake and said it looks good, but now I also want to know what God knows. Mm. Here, I want to encourage you real quick to let you know that sometimes it's good for you not to know what God knows. Because... Think about it, that we want to know what's involved in our lives, but oftentimes we can't handle the truth of our own lives. And so how is it that we want to know more information when we, when we can't handle the information we already have? It looked good. It was attractive to her. And now she says, there's something more the enemy said that I could have. I can have wisdom. I can be like God. How much more can I get this? Let's look at the tricks of the enemy, how he comes against us. Not only does he appeal to our senses, he'll make what sin is to us attractive. Uh, Doesn't it look good? Just a little bit won't hurt you. Uh, Nobody's going to notice this one time. You won't die from it. Don't believe what the Surgeon General says. Don't believe what the commercials tell you. Just this one time be all right. Hey, they told you it was safe. 
See how the lies of the enemy just gets you to start doubting all the information that you have. We, we know about the diseases out there. We know the things that will kill us. But yet someone will tell us, that, oh, don't believe that. It really won't hurt you. Your life's really not in danger. So we start receiving this information. Doubt starts to sneak in. Now, notice he doesn't tell an outright lie. He just gets, sees a, put a, a little bit of doubt in it. Dealing with the things that we may not be sure of is what he gets with. And so he says, hey. Go ahead and try it out. See, you're right. It doesn't look good. It looks attractive. And what about this wisdom that I can know? And so she took and she ate of it, right? Look closely right there in the text. And she said, and she gave to her husband who was where? With her. Here we see that the serpent did not speak to the man, but he spoke to the woman who was next to the man. And the man did nothing to intervene. Some suggest that what happened, why, if the serpent took the woman out by himself, the man would have came and probably killed the serpent. Son, how are you going to mess with my woman? Y'all missed it here. If the serpent tried to get the woman by himself, the man might have came down and killed her. So how are you going to try to mess with my woman? But now since they're together, the serpent says, ha ha, let me just sneak on in because he's comfortable. He's with the one he loved. Let me mess with her. I won't attack her. I will just have a nice conversation with her. Man is sitting there chilling. Here, honey, eat. Yeah, baby, this look good. And it says after they both ate, their eyes were open. Y'all see that there, right? Not till after they both ate. Oh, the enemy knew what he was doing. He says, in order for me to get to the man, I got to go through the woman. And once he did, sin messed up everything. Here we see that once the woman saw it was good to eat and it was a delight unto the eyes and she desired to become wise. She took and she ate, and then the man ate. And when they both have eaten, their eyes were open. And what did they notice? They realized that they were naked. Sin exposes us before God. Here, naked is not necessarily just meaning that they had no clothes on, but also naked represents to us also how we stand before God. Here, when they realized that they were naked, they, just, they tried to what? Cover themselves up in a poor attempt. How do we know it was a poor attempt? Because later on we found out God said he gave them animal cloths to clothe themselves with instead of some fig leaves for some loincloth. Y'all, y'all, y'all not insuitable. Y'all don't know how to cover yourselves up. Let me help you out. But man said, you know, I got an idea. We're naked. Let me cut up these fig trees and let us cover ourselves up. And cast us, cast us. Not only can I, do I need to cover myself up, but here comes God. We need to hide behind the trees. Sin brings forth division. Now there's division between the man and the woman. They have once were unified and together now want to cover themselves up and hide 
And then when God comes to see them, they want to hide from God. Do you see here in verse 8? When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking through in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God from among the trees. Then, then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Man naked before God cannot stand before God. Watch out. And God's judgment, check this out. Now God's coming to judge and respond to sin. But look closely here, how they are naked, how they are exposed, how they are full of shame and full of guilt because their eyes have been opened up. Now they know good and evil and they recognize what they did was wrong. They want to hide from God. Have you not seen that in many of our children where you, if they did something wrong, they want to hide? Oftentimes they don't try to hide their Bible, they try to hide their hands like I didn't do it. Same here, they try to hide from God. So, Lord, I, I heard you, but I, I was scared. Uh, we are naked. Oh, who told you? You were naked. Did you eat? Notice here how the conversation's here. Now, if you follow in Genesis, right, it opened up, we went to the serpent, it went to the woman, it went to the man. And now we see God, and God goes right to the man. Man, where are you? Uh, God, I'm hiding. I'm naked. <laughs> you can't talk to me right now. Who, who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree? Now, God, see, what happened was is that woman you gave me. Y'all see that, right? He said, what happened is that woman you gave me. If you didn't give me this woman, I wouldn't have these problems. But since you gave me this woman, she gave me the fruit, and I ate it. So basically, I'm trying to say, God, it's not my fault. All right, all right, Adam, let me move off from you. Either I held you accountable, I came to you first. But you went ahead and passed the blame to the woman. Let me go to the woman. Hey, all right, woman, woman, hey, hey, uh, 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 what's going on? No, 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 look at me now. Now look at me, she said, right? She said, basically, it was that serpent. He deceived me, and I want my fault. It was that serpent deceived me. And I, oh, all right, all right, now God's done with the questions. Y'all see that there? He has questions with man and woman because he desires to show grace with them. He desires to have a relationship with them. He does not condemn them and place them in the point of hell and death and separation. He says, I have grace, I have gentleness, I have mercy, I want to have a conversation with you, I want to know what is going on on what has happened communicate to me can i highlight unto you that god also sees you in your life he knows when things are messed up in your life and things are not working out he does not want to condemn you he just wants to have a conversation with you tell him about your troubles tell him about your trials tell him about your stresses tell him how you're about to lose your mind and cast this he's able to answer you God, God sees it just as he saw that they were naked. He sees that your house is in disarray. It's no secret to him. Don't try to hide it and say, go out. Here it is, Lord. It's a mess. I need your intervention. He sees that you can barely make ends meet. He sees that you're missing payments. Just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need some assistance. Show me how I can work it out. He sees that your children 
are getting on your last nerves and you don't know what you're going to do. You're trying to do the best you can to take care of them. God sees that. Just come to Lord, I need you. Every day I need you. I surrender my children to you. Y'all see that? God desires to communicate to us. He already knows about our issues. Just tell him about it. And let him speak directly to your situation. But when it comes to the serpent, he has no questions for the serpent. He goes right to him and lets him know that you're going to get yours. After the woman spoke, y'all see that, right? He looks directly at the serpent. Here we come. Chapter 3. Look at verse 13. Then the Lord asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and the pain you will give birth, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man, he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, y'all see that there, right? Whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. Y'all see that clear? God said, I told you not to, but you didn't listen to me. You listened to your wife. Cursed is the ground because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until the return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to the dust you will return. Here God reminds him of his mortality, letting him know that all the days of your life you're going to work until you die. And work is going to be rough. But first let's deal with the serpent. When he curses the serpent, he lets him know. Uh, that you are cursed from above livestock and, and this, the snake got a bad reputation from now on. And now, not only that, you see, I said he looks beyond the serpent and the snake as a representation. That he looks at the enemy and says, cursed will be your offspring. Between the, there'll be an image between your offspring and the woman's offspring. Notice here, the enemy went after the woman, right? It, but it's, the woman's offspring is going to be the defeat of the enemy. How much more so that God could take our enemies and make them our footstool? Y'all catch that? Our footstool. Says the heel (laughs) of the woman's seed will crush the head. Mm. You you know, when you step on something, right? Don't you put your heel down (laughs) to step up? The heel. Of the woman's offspring will bruise his heel, but crush your head. So see here, why did Jesus come? Jesus came because he had to crush the serpent's head. 
He had to take the, this and defeat the enemy who's always busy trying to deceive us and cast us and draw us away from God, understanding that that's what sin does. Sin makes division. Sin divides us up. It does not unify us. And the enemy is doing his job, but yet God says, ha, you thought you had some, but I must have the seed of the woman. Her seed will cause will always fight against you, and he will defeat you. And then we move to the woman. Notice here, he says to the woman that in pain you will have labor. I, know, I want you to grab in pain. Because that same word there is pain, the same way that comes upon the man, in pain you're going to work. They had it easy, y'all. There wasn't, there wasn't going to be any pain and birth. There wasn't going to be any pain and work, but now there's pain because of sin. Mm. And so then also not only was she going to have birth in pain, but also it says that your desire will be to be over your husband, but he will rule over you. Which messed it up how God made them two and made them to rule equally and together. But sin has caused a division that the man will have to be over, the women will have to be under, but the woman will desire will be to rule the husband. Cassius, look closely here in the text. Was not the man right there with the woman? But the man did not speak up. Because the man did not speak up, he's consistently dealing with the issues of not speaking up. When he should have spoken up, no, okay, if you say so. Here it is that even God has it that the man's accountable for the, for, for the woman's vows. Look at the numbers. The, the woman's vows, he makes a vow. The husband's responsible to make sure that it gets covered. So that's why he has to be mindful of what she is saying and what she is doing because he's going to be held accountable. He said, what's that got to do with me? Let me help you out. You ever have to apply for a loan and you didn't have enough credit yet to get a co-signer? And the co-signer what? Has to take on that debt if you're unable to fulfill that debt. And so that's why you got some people that know you that say, I'm not going to be your co-signer. Watch out. I already know you can't pay the bills, so I'm not going to put my name down that you're going to end up having me paying the bills. So you understand that I will be accountable for when you fall short. Here it is that God has made man accountable for when a wife falls short because man was not accountable the first time. Watch out. And so now you have that issue that they were supposed to be equal, but because of sin, there's a division in the relationship. That there are times that they're all equal, but there's times they're fighting to become equal because one wants to be over the other. Mm. Hey, I want you to understand here that uh, God does not desire that. But he says because of sin, this is an issue. And that's why we got all our all great soap operas. How many times in the soap opera the woman wants to be over the man and the man is submissive to the woman? Watch out somebody. This storyline is continuing on, but then he comes to the man. And now look upon the man, because of man's sin and also the earth was cursed. Think about how you could have roses with no thorns. But now you get roses and you get the thorns. It says that thorns and thistles are going to come and you're going to sweat and toil to get the work of the ground. Because of man's sin, his pain is now you got to work. Until you die. 
But now, in this text, do you see also here how God was gentle upon them? That he just let them know because of this sin, this chastisement, this punishment here. But then also God, is in his wisdom, look what he does. And you see that in verses 22 to 24. Uh, then the Lord said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. What does this mean? This means this, that God loved us so much that he did not want us to stay in the same state. That we could have lived forever in total depravity, never to know God in totality. I want you to grab it closer here that it says that if they gave the tree of life, they would live forever. It means that death was already there. The man was going to die. But yet here was something new here. That now they were going to die in a state that they could never see God again. Because we know now in the totality of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that he came that we might have life and have life whatever lasting. And so here we see the grace of God that in man's sin, he could have said, you know what, Adam and Eve, y'all messed up. I'm going to start all over. But no, he says, I'm still going to use you. And from the woman's seed will come a seed, the seed of Abraham coming down through 42 generations. We find out that is Jesus who died on the cross for our sins and defeated death that we might know God because death is separation from God. Look closely here that what, what did die was the relationship they had with God. They once were in his presence, were not ashamed to be in his presence, got the joy, the beauty of his garden. But because of sin, he had to get them out. They could not be in his presence. Matter of fact, they were scared to be in his presence. They hid from him that he put them out and then he had to guard the garden. I want you to understand here that the garden is referred to as paradise and we refer to paradise again when we look at revelations of what God is going to make is a new heaven and a new earth and there is the tree of life and on his leaves are are the healing of the nations. So we see that tree of life comes back again and God is in where in God's presence to be with us. What does this mean? It means this, that Jesus has come so that we might come back to God. So what has driven us away from God is our sin. And we have to acknowledge our sin. We have to take accountability for us. And one thing I like about this, is that Adam and Eve both said, I ate it. They didn't say he made me ate it. He said, I did eat it. But it really wasn't all my fault. <laughs> but here, God says, you know what? That's all right. I see that y'all don't understand what y'all clearly doing. But I'm going to go to who do know. Serve me. You do know. And you are cursed. And I will defeat you. But to the Adam and Eve, he says, I will love you. Look how he loves and provides them. He says he gave them proper clothing. And then led them out. Here, I want to understand this, that God can cover our sins, too. Adam and Eve tried to cover up. It didn't work right. But when God gave them proper covering, they were good to go. Here in our lives, I want you to understand this, that there's times in our lives that we might think that we're better than we really are. We might think we're good. We might get proved. We might get fooled by our senses and proven wrong. But one thing is always be true is that God is love. And notice how he did not condemn Adam and Eve. He just looked upon and let them know because of your sin, these are your consequences. But yet here's a time for redemption. I want to let you know that I don't care how bad your life is or how things are messed up. There's still room for redemption. 
And so if there's room for redemption, there's room for Christ. And here it is. I want to conclude and want you to see Christ in this text. How do we see Christ in this text? We see Christ in this text as this. That when man fell, God stepped in. When their eyes opened up, God stepped in before they went any further. Y'all see that, right? When the eyes opened up, God said, here I come. Mm. Let, let, let me, before you go, if I got a serpent wasn't done, the serpent was going to try to get some more mess up in here, up in here. But God said, let me step in and let the serpent know that I'm present. How do how we see Christ here? While we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross for our sins. While we were in the midst of trouble, not about to get in trouble, but while we were in the midst of trouble, enemies of God, far from God, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. While the enemy was busy messing with them while they were sinning, God stepped in and said, I don't want you to go any further. I want you to grab on in your life right now. God sees us right where we are. And he said, I want to save you. I don't want you to go any further turn back to me see my love see my mercy see my grace do you see Christ in this text Lord we just come let's pray Lord we just come